Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. How are you, Sarah? I'm good. How are you? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday to you. We are here with a more than mom episode um, and we're excited about this one because there's some stuff we don't know. It turns turns out. out, turns out. I know that we give advice a lot on this show, such as our advice is we always try to remind everyone that we're, we're not necessarily experts in like anything besides just being moms. Um, but there's sometimes just dilemmas that we can't help ourselves or even each other with. Yep. That is true. And why should listeners get all the fun of sending in <laughs> questions and getting our half-baked, like semi-helpful responses? Why can't why can't we flip this around and do it the other way? Why can't we ask our listeners for advice? That's what I want to know. Oh, uh, well, we can, because that's exactly <laughs> what we're doing today. So we are actually going to be asking you all for advice. And I love this because, you know, from our Facebook community and like the questions we see coming in from listeners, I am always floored by the level of not just, you know, intelligence, like we've got really smart listeners and with really good ideas, but also the backgrounds and like professional backgrounds yeah. and talents and um, knowledge base that our listeners have is amazing. So we've got people who are really good at a whole lot of different things. And sometimes I'm like, I made a joke once about us, you know, um, having maybe a zoologist yeah. in our, uh, I don't know that we have a zoologist. They haven't come forward yet. No, but maybe, we have a zoologist. maybe they're listening because that was only in the <laughs> Facebook group and that's not that's even right. a fraction of the total community. So if you are a zoologist, it's hello <laughs> at the momhour.com. We really, really, <laughs> I don't have any like, you know, zoology related questions today, but I'm sure at some point I will. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Our, our community is very wise and the questions we have today to throw out there are a little bit silly and maybe we will get a ton of response and maybe someone will provide the perfect solution or maybe we'll just um, help reinforce that we a lot of the times have lots of things we're working on and challenges we are trying to solve too. We are not always the ones in the know. So this is going to be really fun. Um, I did want to mention that our regular format for listener questions episodes, which if you've been around for a while, we tend to do them in back-to-back uh, weekly pairs, and we do it about four times a year. So once every few months, we do a couple of quest- uh, episodes where you send in your questions and we do our best to answer them. And we have those coming up later in April. So of course, today you're going to help us solve our problems. But if you have a parenting challenge, a motherhood challenge, or even like a home or life logistics, any kind of a challenge you'd like us to weigh in on, you can send those into hello at themomhour.com. Just put listener question in the subject line. If you want to record your voice on your phone voice memo uh, recorder, we love that. It's not totally necessary because we know some people tell us like, I just can't 
stand the sound of my own voice. That's okay too. So um, get your questions in because we will be recording those listener questions episodes coming up later this coming week. So if you're listening to this, when it comes out on Sunday, we're talking the next like couple days, two to three days, get those in and we can't wait to hear your questions. So that'll be fun. We can't. And I actually think this episode is a perfect reminder that if you think your question is obvious um, or like, why would anyone ever ask that? Because, you know, it should be so obvious that I could figure this out. Listen to our questions yeah. because we should be able to figure these things out too. And we have not yet. So there you go. let it. it inspire you. Let it inspire you. I love it. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code mom hour. All right. We are going to kick this off with a very silly problem that I have in my kitchen. But before that, you might be wondering, wait, Megan and Sarah, how do I tell you my brilliant answers to these questions? So we're going to uh, do a couple of social media posts, one in our Facebook group. Hopefully you're in there and one on Instagram. And we will link up those posts right in the show notes for this episode. So you can click right over and kind of join the conversation. But you also know where to find us by email. If you have a lengthy, you know, a dissertation on the best way to approach these problems, we will, of course, read your emails. But sometimes it's fun to see what other people are saying. So check the show notes and um, click those links to hop over to our socials and we'll continue the conversation there. And my first challenge is so cliche. It makes me a little sheepish. But we're talking about the Tupperware drawer and I don't call it Tupperware anymore, but I don't have a better word. I mean, seriously, how is everyone keeping their reusable containers organized these days? And why is this so difficult in my house? So I'll give a little bit of background. I'm not specifically asking for product recommendations in this one. Some some of our questions, we will you know, be excited about your product recommendations, but I have several of the kind of glass lock where the bottom is glass and the top like snaps over. Those have been working fine for us. We have various sizes. I also have a few other odds and ends, but it's more of the storage and like how many containers does one family need? Is it too many? Is that my problem? Is, is it like that? I can't find the lid that goes with the right thing, even though we're pretty good about like, we don't just keep random lids that don't go to anything. In theory, we have 
a set of probably, mm, I'm going to say 10 to 12 various sized reusable food containers. And it's the drawer itself that is a disaster. They don't seem to nest right. Or maybe there's like a divider system or something separate to do with the lids. It's This is more about the stacking, the sorting, and the organizing, and possibly the inventory of reusable containers. Because maybe I have too many. Or maybe... I have too many of a similar size and I just want, I'd want to know how normal adults do this. So Sarah, I feel you on this. I cannot wait to hear what responses we get or read the responses because honestly, it almost doesn't even seem to matter if you think you have a system. So you might say to yourself, I'm only going to purchase, you know, like the more throwaway kind, like yeah. the Rubbermaid or whatever. I'm only going to buy this kind in this shape that has this lid. And you literally think that's what you're doing, <laughs> but somehow it's different it somehow doesn't work. Yes. Like it somehow you still want, I wind up with round ones when you were only going to buy square ones or they've or, slightly changed like their, their fit or something. We have well, a couple the, of different versions yeah. warped in the dishwasher yeah. too. And something I, I only have like one and it's literally a Tupperware container It's from the seventies. And I think that's the only one I have because I cannot, I just keep throwing it away because I can't yeah. figure it out. So I can't wait to hear this one. All right. Maybe, well, maybe the responses are going to be, there is no, answer. Well, that's okay. That's validation. I'm here for that right. too. <laughs> I'm okay with that. All right. How about you? Well, my response, maybe I need to call on the veterinary um, experts in our community, but also I just think there's probably people who've dealt with this. So, you know, I have an aged dog yeah. and um, she has diabetes, the dog diabetes, as mm -hmm. I call it. And this all happened right when we were moving. And so she suddenly was like super thirsty all the time. And having to go to the bathroom so many times at night. And when we moved into the new house, the way, we, the way we kind of arranged everything, like the dog is sort of on the first floor and the cat's sort of on the, the second floor, but she accesses her litter box and food on the first floor in a room that you can shut the doors and not be able to access from the rest of the house. If that makes right. sense. There's like a door, there's a door on either side yep. um, that only like, it's like the laundry room, and the staircase basically. And so we set it all up so that Moxie would be outside of that bedroom, uh, of that closed door. Mm -hmm. So I really can't hear her whining at night like I used to be. But even without that, at one point before we moved out of the old house, she was waking me up more than a newborn baby, like yeah. every hour to go out. And, you know, she's a dog who's lived in this house for years and knows that she's not supposed to pee out in the house. So she would stress out. And then Sometimes she would not be able to hold it and she'd pee and she'd feel really bad. And I was like, I just don't want to set that up. I know it's going to be a while before we get her medical care under control. And like, in the meantime, she's super thirsty and has to pee. So I bought a bunch of those special doggy pee pads. They actually have some kind of attractant on them. Oh, wow. That like attracts the dogs to them. I would like to find some that are thicker, but I think that might be like a paper shortage issue because I'm reading that the quality on all of them has gone way down. So I think that's okay. just a product issue. But the bigger problem is that I successfully found an area of the house that it wouldn't be such a big deal if momentarily she used as her nighttime bathroom so we can yeah. all sleep, right? Right. Until we get her medical care figured out. Um, and so I would line like three, four, five, you know, pads up the front. And she figured it out really, really fast. She will not pee anywhere else. She goes there religiously. Good for her. Yep. Here's the problem. <laughs> now she seems to think that's another, like another option. She's never known in this new house. In this she's new house, she's never, never known any other way. She's never been potty trained to go outside because exactly. she was mid dog diabetes crisis. Exactly. And so in the old house, I, I truly feel the old house, she had this long history of mostly peeing outside and peeing inside being like a very uncomfortable situation shameful, and like shameful last, well, shameful and like last resort, <laughs> yeah. right? I don't think she got the memo about that in this house. <laughs> so sometimes like I'll be just like upstairs and she doesn't even try. She just goes and pees on the pad. I'm like, sure. okay, well now I know she can go longer. So how do we get her to not see that as an immediate option? Um, I think if I took the pads away, she probably wouldn't pee there right away, but eventually I think she'd be very confused. I just don't know what to do. She's truly an old dog and she wants to she wants to meet expectations, yeah. but she also just kind of wants to pee. And right. I just don't know, quite know what to do about it. And it doesn't help that these pee pads like are calling to her. So I, you're not asking me for advice. You're asking the listeners, but I have a question or like a, a maybe a suggestion. 
Sure. You're, we're going into hopefully warmer weather for you soon. I'm wondering if there are like a couple of windows, maybe when you're working from home, where you could have a door open for a little bit and have the pee pads just outside oh, the door and like basically like keep moving the pee pads a little bit more outside and yeah. even lay some on the grass for a little while and like then just treat it like puppy training again where you're yeah. like taking her out praising her if she needs to go on the pee pad and the pee pad is like in the dirt outside for a little while I feel like enough repetition, but this is me talking. I don't really like to train my dog either. So I, well, you know, and the other, I guess the other tricky thing is that that's the, the, the door I've had her go to, which the reason I chose this door is it's the one with the proper entryway. Um, so it's not a door that she space. would really it's go out. It's not a door. I really ever want her going out. That is a bit of a challenge. Yeah. I was picturing so, like, Oh, just on the other side of this door is no, where you're supposed to be. No, no. Yeah. Like that door won't really ever be part of that rotation. I could, I could put a, a lead like it's not outside the realm of possibility. Yeah. Another possibility would be we're going into warmer weather once. Maybe she starts spending more time outside during the day Yeah, when I'm otherwise occupied. She does like to bark at everything she sees. So I'm not sure how sustainable that would be, but um, I don't know. It's something to think about, but I would love to hear from listeners who've maybe gone through this because this yeah. cannot, I cannot be the only person who's like, yeah, this worked so well. I can't make it unwork. Sure. Right. It's like, now it's yeah. like a litter box for a dog instead of, <laughs> exactly. yeah, instead of, and an I really don't want to have to do that every single day. I mean, it's not a huge deal, but they do sometimes leak and I don't want to have to mop the floor no. literally several times every single day. No. So, no, which I is where I'm at you. right now. I don't want you to have to do that either. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, my next conundrum is it's actually, this is a positive thing. And so the positive thing is over the last two or three years, I have really become a bit of an indoor houseplant. Like I don't kill every houseplant that comes into my house. I'm not going to say it's for you. Yeah. It's not a full green thumb, but little by little, I am actually keeping indoor houseplants alive. And I've now accumulated more than just like, okay, the one that sits on that one window. So like I now have, I'm going to say like six or eight smaller indoor houseplants. And then I have three larger ones. Um, two, I got off Facebook marketplace, so I can't take credit for how big and beautiful they are. They're Monstera's because I got them secondhand, but they're big. And so I think the, the, um, help that I need is like, what do I do to become like an intermediate houseplant person? I feel like there's so much that I don't know. There is like, there's plant food, there's like paying better attention to light and water. I know that's so basic, but basically if my plants start to look sad, I give them some water and sometimes I move them to a different location. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, sometimes that's hmm, the right thing to do. Maybe. And sometimes it's, but it's not, right? I'm going so I'm, I'm going so blind. I'm literally just like, you look like maybe you need water. And I haven't done a good job of paying attention to what kind of plants I bought. A lot of them I buy at Trader Joe's. Or a couple I've bought at this cute plant store in town. And the lady will tell me like, oh, this one really likes it kind of moist. So use a mister. And I'm like, mm-hmm, I'm, I, yeah. I'm not using a mister. <laughs> so I think what I would love is if you are a plant, like if you're a plant lover and, and indoor plants is a big source of joy for you with your indoor decorating and stuff, just hit me up with like, Maybe there's some Instagram accounts to follow. Maybe you have a favorite little drops of fertilizer or plant food. Maybe there's a type of plant that does really well. I don't really know the exact advice I'm looking for, except I'm feeling good about how far I've come. And then I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to repot. Like, I don't know if some of these are now big enough that I should transfer them. I I don't know anything beyond like picking up a $5 plant at Trader Joe's and not killing it. And now that I'm there, what's next, people? You need some plants, Bo. I do. <laughs> I do. Don't you think? I do. Yeah. And and I know like I also have gotten the plants and they come they even come with the little thing I know. in the dirt that tells you what they are. And then I throw them away Me because too. I don't like how they look. And yeah. then later I'm like, oh, but that was useful information. Yeah. And there I know yeah. there are apps. So I know there are apps that um because I get fed them in the Instagram ads algorithm where I could like point my phone camera at my plant and it'll tell me what kind it is and whether it needs water and stuff. So I guess this is maybe one of those challenges where the answer is, well, Sarah, just try a little harder, like just Google it. And that might be true, but I bet there are those among you who maybe have, I'm, I'm particularly interested if you do like little droplets. Cause I know my mom has some really pretty ferns and she had a, an, like a little droplet of plant food that she bought off Amazon or something. And I didn't even know that was a thing I should be doing is giving these plants extra food. So 
Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's both advice and resources that you need. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Here's my caveat though, Megan, I will not be calling them plant babies and I will not be calling myself a plant mom. Well, I will not be calling any of my animals fur babies. No. And I've went out of my way to not call myself a dog mom. So we both are, both of our last questions were about things we keep alive. Yep. That's um, true. That are household living beings in our households. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Sounds good, but we are not their mothers. (laughs) Nope. Nope. We are not. Okay. So my next one is it's, it's logistical. It's spatial, um, (laughs) spatial, not being something I am very aware of. We both joke about our lack of spatial awareness. It's not the kind of thing where I think you need to have visuals to, to give good advice because it's really more like this could truly be any house. Um, I have an issue figuring out shoe placement relative to the many doors in my little house. Mm. And everyone's shoes are just yours. Everyone's shoes. So the last time I lived in a small house, everybody had to take their shoes and their everything to their bedrooms when they walked in. There was no, there was literally no place to put shoes by a door. And we only had really two door, two entryways. One, like you could kind of kick your shoes off when you walked in if you wanted to, but then people would be tripping over them because it was like this weird long hallway. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. House. And yeah. the other one, yeah, remember how it was like, mm-hmm. it was like an add-on. So they added on. Like a little mudroom hallway type of sort thing. Of, yeah. yeah. So you could kind of kick your shoes off in there, but we didn't use that door very often. So I just, the rule was just come in, take your stuff to your room. Now the house we're in now has five doors, wow. five entry doors. Um one is in the front, one like the front door, like the proper, you mm-hmm. know, door. And that's the only one with a real entry that has like a, a hall closet mm-hmm. and a little entryway. And then it goes into the living room and there is a little extra space when you first come in. So there could be like a, a coat rack if we wanted something like that, or like a shoe bin or something mm-hmm. right there. Then there's the garage, which right now is how most people are entering. Yeah. And everyone's just kind of kicking their shoes off in the garage, which... I don't love, it's not a huge garage and I don't yeah. feel like it's the best way to use that space. And then when you walk in the house, you're in the kitchen, like you walk right into the kitchen mm-hmm. and then there's three doors. Like there's two off of the sunroom. One goes out to this little weird deck and that's where Moxie goes out. And then there's one that goes out on a patio. And then there's another door off of the basement stairs. So like, if you come up the basement stairs, you could go out like a separate door right outside. Okay. So there's five total doors. And what I would really like um, I got everybody like muck boots, like mm-hmm. chore boots because we're living on property and it gets muddy and I don't want kids walking around the backyard um, to go play with the chickens or whatever. We, we haven't talked about my chickens yet. Not on the, on the show, show, only on the oh Insta. Well, okay. That's a whole nother thing, but there's a lot of going in and out yeah. and potential muck. And so everybody has boots for that purpose. Well, those get filthy and they take up a lot of space. And I also you know, want there to be a place for people's other shoes. And I also know that Will has like way too many pairs of shoes because now he's employed and he buys himself like expensive athletic shoes. So he has like, are probably ginormous size 13. So he's got like a whole, he's got so many shoes and they all keep end up being at my front door. So I guess what I'm getting at here, it's like a door usage issue. Mm -hmm. Oh, and to add on to this, we bought a nest, um, with a door, like a keypad thing, right? So it's okay. a nest, but it's all, it's like a nest branded unlock electronic keypad. Front door. Unlock your door. Okay. And that's partly because I don't trust all of my kids to hang onto a key. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think in my last house, we just never locked the door, <laughs> but I don't know. Now I feel like we're out of the eyes of neighbors enough that I don't want to leave my door unlocked, yeah. like literally all the time. So, cause it's just, we're a little bit more removed mm-hmm. and who knows who might decide to just walk into my house. So anyway, we have like multiple doors. I don't know which door makes the most logical sense to put the keypad on because I don't really know what door I want people coming in and out of. And the reason oh. I don't know what door I want people coming out in and out of is because I haven't figured out the shoe and coat situation yet. So you see how all of these logistical things related. go together. Right. I'm the only one who will be ever parking in the garage and using that as like the regular entry. Ask. Yeah, That'd like, be me. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't mean the kids couldn't be coming in and out of that door. Um, the driveway is also a circle drive and there's like a shop building on the property that the circle drive goes in front of. So Will's been parking in front of that building, which means he could easily come in really any of the doors Okay, and all of the kids could do that. So there's just a lot, there's a lot of 
variables, but I would love to hear from other people about how they make all this work. So I have a question. Do you have a house key for the front door if you had to? Does it exist? Here's the other problem. That front door was the one door that they were unable to come up with a key for. Okay. Okay. And it's also one of those old fashioned doors. So like even the thing, we'd have to switch it all out. Um, because the, even the lock is one of those like old fashioned turn ones. That's not a, it's not a deadbolt, but uh-huh. it's like a little bronze turny lock. Yeah. So, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So shoes aside for a second, like if you could isolate just the nest keypad thing, where would you like to put that? Well, I kind of thought about putting that on one of the back doors because to me, that would be something you would only use if you came home and no one was home. Uh-huh. Okay. That makes sense. So probably only 10% of the time would anyone ever really need to let themselves in with that. So I was actually thinking that could go on any one of the three back doors because okay. the majority of the time, I think people will be coming in through the garage door, which okay. will probably just be unlocked. So then it's almost like, it's not that it's separate problems because it, I can totally see how they are related, but it is like, where do your shoes go and where do most people come in the house most of the time. And if you're coming in most of the time in the front door, what's the shoe expectation? And if you're coming in only 10% of the time in the front door, what's the shoe expectation? And, and why does Will have so many shoes and they're so big? That's also a problem. And why can't Will, like, why does he have to wear a different pair every day? He can can also (laughs) start taking some of his downstairs. But I guess the, the, the other factor I would add on is that I feel like this is the time when those habits get set. Yes, I agree. And so I don't have to, I can change it up. There's still, Mm -hmm. we can still change it now, but in three or four months, it'll be too late. Everybody will be in their routines and it'll be really hard to change their minds about, you know, so any, like, I'm sure other people are dealing with similar issues, particularly the idea of like one set of shoes that's very mucky and there's not really room for them in the house. Mm-hmm. It would make a lot of logical sense for those to be the ones that go in the garage, but then, then there's really no room for other shoes out there. So it's like, like I have to, or is there a way that those shoes could be stored outside where they're not like, I don't know, just all piled up on the porch or something, Yeah. but I could see, a, I could see there being a lot of wisdom to having mucky boots, like in a little covered thing yeah. outside too. Their so own little house. Okay. One more question that I realize listeners might have too. Are you a completely shoe free house? Like does everyone, is it a must, you must take your shoes off immediately on coming in or is it sort of like, eh, sometimes yes, sometimes no. I would like to get to the point where most of the time shoes are off. The kids are really good about kicking them off. Mm -hmm. They typically just kick them right off when they come in. And because we've been moving in and there's been dirt and stuff everywhere, I have not been as strict about it for myself. My personal feeling is I'm the one mopping the floors. So if I feel like walking into my shoes, I will. Yeah. And if they're like shoes that I laced up that are hard to get off, I often, or if I, if I know that I'm just walking in for a second, I'm going to grab something and go right back out or, you know what I mean? I am less strict with that rule for myself, but I would like for the kids to be kicking their shoes. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. I think the listeners are ready to help you. (laughs) I (laughs) I can't wait to hear what they say. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day, and it could seriously use a refresh. But you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code themomhour 15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes wearable well-being for your feet. 
We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Okay, Sarah. So I love that just randomly, both of the next two, one, the, the next one you have and the next one I have are both personal grooming yes. um, related. So we have issues with our looks. Let's just put it that way. We do. And the, I feel like the personal grooming is an area where I think women especially love to help each other out because it's not the kind of thing like you're not going to necessarily crowdsource it on social media necessarily. It's not like so embarrassing that you never talk about it, but it's also not the kind of thing that comes up a lot. So then when people do have personal grooming um, advice, I feel like they love to share. So mine is regarding eyebrows and I will give you a bit of eyebrow maintenance history. I have always lightly plucked my eyebrows, but just kind of the strays, like the ones that kind of don't follow the normal shape, um, you know, in the whatever it would have been late 90s, early 2000s. I probably had a, more of a like, like overplucked look, but not terrible. Like, so I have always done light eyebrow maintenance with tweezers myself. I have never done anything that you go to a brow place to do. And I'm not really interested in that. So we're still talking about the realm of home eyebrow <laughs> maintenance. I have gotten a little bit more into penciling and like um, adding a little bit more color. When I put on a face of makeup, I never used to do my brows at all. And I have a brow pencil that I really like now. It might make them a little darker looking or at least fill in some of the gaps. So here's the thing about 42 year old eyebrow hair and hair in general. I feel that it is getting longer. The individual eyebrow <laughs> hairs are longer and yet the fullness or like, um, especially right now, I think the style is to have a pretty filled in like a healthy looking brow. Right. So in yeah. the olden days, what I would have done if I had a, a brow hair that was sticking out funny or like felt like it was getting too long, I would just pluck it out. I wouldn't think twice about it. I love I have good tweezers. I'm good at tweezing. The problem is I don't want to lose the fill. Does that make sense? So yeah. now I am to the point where I'm like, oh, I think I need to trim my eyebrows, mm -hmm. not pluck them. So Brian the other night was in the bathroom and I, I think I said something and he's like, he has an, he has an eyebrow trimmer because he would have a giant unibrow. He has very dark eyebrows. And so he has a little, like, I don't know, it's a grooming device that trims all of your eyebrow hair to the same length. And of course there's like a safety on it. So you set it to how long you want your eyebrow hairs. And I was like terrified. He's like, no, you could use this. I'm like, no, that sounds like, I feel like all my eyebrow hairs would be way too short. And he was saying, no, that's not how it works. Like you set it to however long you want them to be. And then you just, it looks like you're shaving your eyebrows off when you use it. But of course you're not because there's like a set length. So I'm going to pause there. Does everything make sense that I have said so far? I think so. I mean, I'm totally, I'm tracking with like, you don't want to lose any fullness. Yeah. You want to, you, you want to lose length and you're turning into an 80 year old man. Kind of with a yeah. few of those stray hairs and it's <laughs> yeah, the stray yeah. hairs that are very long for some reason that yeah. again, in the past, I would have just been like, oh, I'm just going to pluck that because that one's out of place right. or it's long. And I'm realizing that I'm, I, I don't want that because it's leaving little like, holes. It's not the same. Are as the hairs also becoming wiry and curly? 
Mm, I mean, some are a different texture than the others. I don't have so, any gray ones, which is funny because I have so much gray hair on my head, but my eyebrows are not gray. This is just reminding me of not too long ago. I was at Eric's house and we're in his bathroom and he looks over or I don't know. We're staying in the bathroom, like getting ready to go grooming. out or something grooming. And he's like, Hey, do you want to try out my nose hair trimmer? And I was like, like on myself. And he said, yeah, have you ever tried one? And I was like, what are you, are you saying I need one? He's like, I mean, I'm not saying you need it, but I'm just saying like, you could try it. And so I was like, oh my goodness. So then I started to get a complex. Do I have like crazy old lady? Well, old dude is what I always think yeah. of like hair is coming out of my nose. And so I use his nose hair trimmer. It's very strange. Have you seen these? They're like, they're yeah, like Brian, a little rotating thing. Yeah, Brian has one. Brian, Brian is on top of the grooming because he, otherwise I think he would be in full like middle-aged man stage. So yeah. I've seen well, him use his. Um, I, I can't help you because I have very little eyebrow. I would actually like to have more full eyebrows at this point. And I'm starting to use um, an eyebrow pen or not pencil, an eyebrow brush that actually se- lifts and separates my eyebrows more. <laughs> it creates more of that microbladed that look. You know like what I mean? Yeah, it, I know I did that on purpose, okay. but like the brush is like a flat it's like wider and flatter and you can really, when you, it's almost like I'm combing my yeah, eyebrows and giving that, yeah. them more, just a little more body. Um, but I don't want to really be penciling my eyebrows in every day. And I don't really want to do microblading. I mean, I know that the trends will change again. Yeah. So, um, I have seen some that looks amazing, but I mean, on my face with yeah. like the lightness of my hair and the, I don't, I have more delicate features. Yeah. I just don't want to overdo it. And yeah. I've seen some microbladed eyebrows where I'm like, Whoa. Yeah. So I, anyway, I hear you and I also hear you with the untidiness of facial hair and being like, what do I even do? Yeah. It's a new, it is a new phase of life. And, um, I think what I'm specifically wondering is I would be curious if anyone has used what I'm describing that Brian has, his is an eyebrow trimmer. It's, I think it's probably from the same set as that nose hair trimmer. I think he has like a whole toolbox, but if, if you have used something like that on your eyebrows and can you reassure me that like the shape's not going to change, the amount of eyebrow hairs is not going to change. It's just going to uniformly basically lop off the (laughs) end of the extra long ones. Interested in that. And then interested in any other at home, not salon, but at home eyebrow maintenance that is working well, especially for those listeners who are over 40. Um, or maybe you're just eyebrow well endowed. I feel like I had pretty low maintenance eyebrows until this decade. So I'm, I'm just open to anyone's advice. Well, I want to hijack or I guess (laughs) piggyback on yours because I think we could really use just like facial hair. Oh, for sure. Strategies in general. Yeah. Um, I do remember being in when I, I remember that I was 35. I remember this very clearly being in a bathroom somewhere and realizing that the little blonde hairs around my lips that hadn't really gotten any darker had gotten long enough that I felt, I think the way I put it was I looked like a friendly muskrat yeah. and like suddenly I felt like I had little whiskers, like mm-hmm. kind of hanging down over my lip. So I started using, you know, creams like um, the, del- I can never say that word. I know me neither. I only learned that word from teen magazines when I was yeah. like 15. And and I I've only never ever read it and I've never said depilatory, it out loud. So, depilatory, yes, depilatory. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I used like those wax strips for a while and those would kind of give me a little rash and, yeah. and, but I didn't have to do it for my, I would do it once and then it would be taken care of for a really long time. And then that was not enough anymore. So now I use like the little mini razors that you can buy. Yeah. Like Tinkle is the brand I think that you can buy online, but like you can buy them at the store now. Like a lot of different companies make them. But even that sometimes I feel like doesn't keep up with it. And I wonder if there's like a faster, yeah, easier way. And didn't, I think I got that idea because didn't we meet someone at a conference? And I don't want to, I can't remember if this was public knowledge or if she just told us about it privately. She's a pretty well-known uh, Instagrammer that she told us she shaved her face. Or did she, did she talk about that on her YouTube channel? I feel like I have learned about face shaving on podcasts and from like influencers our age, but I can't trace it back to one. So I don't remember which one you're talking about, but I definitely, it wasn't on my radar till like four or five years ago. And then it was like, oh yeah, everyone's shaving their face. Right. Well, it does feel delightful to have like a freshly, I don't use like, I don't get out my leg shaving razor. It's a very different experience, but like the sides, like under your um, hair, under your little sideburn area mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, that's fuzzy. Yeah, I'm fuzzy. Real fuzzy there. Yeah. It feels amazing 
to shave that off. It just feels so good. And it feels like it's exfoliating, like under my lip yeah. feels really good to do. But then two days later, it doesn't feel so good anymore. Right. That's then kind of why stubble. I have not gone down that road, but I'm very, I'm very intrigued. So yeah, yeah listeners, I mean, there's no, there is no cap on the amount of advice. Just start with the eyebrows because you know, that's what I asked for, but then please exactly. continue. But then continue, then yeah. continue. Oh my gosh. Well, my, my next one is also about hair, but the hair that goes on your head. Okay. Um, so I think that anyone who's listening, who is a hair professional is probably just going to tell me the answer to this is go to the salon. So I just want to lead with my current situation. Mm-hmm. And that is that I get my hair professionally highlighted possibly twice a year, mm-hmm. sometimes once a year. But other than that, I mostly just do home color. And that's always worked for me because I always am coloring my hair about the same color it is naturally. I might go like a shade lighter in the summer and a shade darker in the winter, but more or less, I'm keeping it right in that like medium blonde. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also have hair with a lot of warm tones. So I typically use a cooler shade, sometimes a neutral, but usually a cooler shade to kind of calm it down. What I'm seeing happening now is that my hair is getting really brassy between colorings. Like it used to be, it didn't start to look like that until six weeks, you know, eight weeks. Like I could really go kind of a long time. And now I feel like almost immediately within like a week or two, it's not strawberry blonde. It looks like tobacco colored hair, like Mm. old women get, Mm -hmm. um, like when you go gray badly and then try to cover it like with mm-hmm. blonde and that doesn't look good. I don't actually have a ton of gray. I have gray in my temples, but if, if I was to let all my hair grow in the parts that are getting really brassy aren't gray. Yeah. It's not gray coverage. Yeah. It's not gray coverage. It's just that something about the tone of my hair or maybe the way it's absorbing the color is changing. I wonder if there's a cumulative effect too. Like, you know how maybe. they, are, you know what I mean? Like, like a stripping or something that like, yeah. like that now that it's piling on, I mean, yeah. I color my hair at home too. So I'm in the same boat. Um, so I have used, I have used a, um, a blue shampoo. Um, it's like meant for, you know, brassy yeah. blondes. It's meant to kind of cool that down. I've used a couple different drugstore brands. I've tried one salon brand. I feel like it makes a little bit of a difference, but like you have to leave it on a really long time and it, absolutely wrecks the shower. Like your shower will just be blue everywhere. So I don't like to use it too often. And I feel like I just end up with just, it's a mess. And I will say it's also most, it's more at the roots than the ends. The ends look okay. And the roots look really reddish to me, like in a, in an unattractive way. Um, maybe, uh, maybe there's better quality home color. Maybe, maybe if I just went to the salon every like three months and had them do it, then I could just touch up the roots in between. I I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I feel like I'm coloring more than I should be because I'm trying to tone down, not because my roots are bad, but because I'm trying to tone down a color that I can't get rid of any other way. And I know there's lots more products now you can buy like a toner and a rinse. Um, but I just don't really know how those are different from the blue shampoo that I was using. And I think they, I think the idea is you're still adding a cooler pigment. Mm -hmm. So it's still going to kind of wreck my shower. So maybe there's no way to have salt for all of these things. I bet you're going to get really good advice. Um, I'm sure we've got some color experts in our community. I'm curious if you've been tempted by like the Instagram ads. Is it Madison Reed? Madison Reed. So our friend Amy Clark um, from momadvice.com, she had like did a hard sell on me one day about her (laughs) Madison Reed. But it was like we were Marco Poloing about it and she was showing me, she's like, this is my, you know, this is my process and I, this is my routine and this is how I do it. Got pretty hair. I will she's say got me. amazing hair and she's very cost conscious too. Uh-huh. Like yes, she's she really like, she doesn't do things that are relatively expensive unless she thinks it's really worth it. And to her, it's really worth the extra, however much it is more than store brand, but it's less than going to the salon. Okay. Um, but again, I think that those work best if you're like what I'm doing. I'm not trying to, I'm not, not trying to dye my hair platinum. Yeah. Just kind of sticking with the color I am. The other thing that I thought of though, is that what if my hair color has changed Mm. so that the color I think is my natural color no longer is, it might be that I need to go a shade darker Mm. Mm -hmm. because I might just have darker hair now. And maybe I just think this is, I'm a nat, you know, a medium blonde and maybe I'm, yeah, maybe you're like Auburn who knows. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So probably a professional could probably help me out with this, but in the meantime, (laughs) Yeah, or just just, a, just an advice. experienced at home colorist. Yeah, um, right. 
I just a sidebar. I just went. Um, so we we found this great hairstylist when Violet cut her hair super short a few months ago, and I loved her. She's a mom. She's easy to get into, like convenient location. Um, and she her color is her specialty, and I just booked just a color consultation with her, where I just went in to talk about like what I want to do, which felt very like, I don't know, I've never done that before. Um, and it was just real quick. But what we talked about was I have to be able to continue to do my roots at home because I am so gray. I'm not quite ready yeah. to go gray naturally. And that's its own whole like transition. So I told her, it's like, it's nothing against you. I just can't come to the salon every three weeks. It's not going to happen or even every six weeks. So she was awesome about that. And we have a plan for kind of an all over color to get started. And then she's going to give me the at home stuff, which will be a little bit more expensive than my target brand, but not much um, because she's just going to tell me what to buy. And then it will match what she has done. And I'm going to do the, the ends of my hair, like ombre blonde, just the last like three or four inches because my hair is really long right now. And then the rest will be my dark brown. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Well, and, and that's like a great solution. I hadn't even thought of like, maybe if I just went to a stylist, maybe if I was more, I'm very sporadic with the way I see my stylist and I'll go in when I think about it and have the time and I'll get the whole, all the work's done. Give me everything. But then then I don't go back in for maintenance. And so I never have the opportunity to ask that question. Like, well, what can I do in between? Yeah. And this was, I was purposely proactive because I didn't want her to feel like I was like cheating on her on the side, but I'm just, I do not have the money or the time to go in that often. And I'm very, very gray, especially around my face, my hairline. Um, and so she was great about that. And, um, I told her probably two to three times a year that I would go see her and we, whatever she felt like we would do a trim and refresh the color or whatever. So that seems like a good plan. I'm excited. All right. So I think we're back to me. I have one last conundrum and this one is actually kind of family parenting related. So a little departure from personal grooming. So a little bit of background here. Everybody who listens knows that I'm a little bit more restrictive with my kids and uh, what I'll call like personal device screen time, like YouTube and video games and just binging out with an iPad. I've all my, you know, my whole motherhood life, I have been on the more restrictive side, but my kids are older and there was a pandemic. So we've also loosened up over time. Um, And the last like few months, we've been trying to find the sweet spot of I would actually be totally fine with my kids binging a show together, getting on and doing some video gaming, maybe together or like two of them doing Minecraft together. There's like in my mind, there's a qualitative difference between zoning out and being algorithm fed YouTube videos or TikTok videos over and over and completely checking out from the rest of the family versus using screen-based entertainment, whether that's like a Netflix series or a video game and doing it semi together. And it's very possible that this is like a weird hill that I'm dying on that I don't need to be. But when we're all at home on a Friday or Saturday night, my preference would be to let the kids kind of do whatever they want. I've worked hard to get to this place where like, sure, like go at it. You don't, I'm not going to set a timer. You don't have to like, but I also still feel a little bit restrictive, especially with my older two of the types of screens that they would like to consume for hours on end. So what I am looking for is for those with older kids, tweens and teens, I will take all of your recommendations for mixed age video gaming. Um, So we have a switch and we have Apple Arcade. Those are the main two that we have. We also have iPads. We like Minecraft. Um, I'm looking for things to like be able to say to my kids, like, yeah, go play video games, but do it kind of together. Like, don't each go to your corners with a device. And specifically, I am not allowing TikTok and YouTube just for hours and hours and hours on end. So then it's like, okay, well, what do you want to do? And they can't agree on a movie together. They can't agree on a show together. They can't agree on. It's like, I'm giving you guys screen time. Do something. Yeah. It's like, stop messing this up for yourself. So if you ever want to tell your kids, like, I'm handing this to you on a silver plate, would you just go with it yeah. and like figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Like you've wanted more screen time, more freedom with the electronics for years and I'm giving it to you, but I'm holding on to a little bit. And it's also, it's a little dynamic between a 14 and an almost 12 and then Violet being nine. And I, I still like hold out hope that like there's something they could be doing together. And that just might be really hard right now. So it, it may not be possible, but I feel like if there are 
families who who do video gaming together. I know in some families, like the parents are in on the fun. Um, we're, I'm not a big gamer, but I think it's awesome if that's something you do with your kids. So um, I think mostly what I'm asking for is mixed age video games and or like even even Netflix or movies or streaming things that like really do appeal to uh, tween and teen. And I'm not talking about like family friendly. I'm talking about like things they really do like at 12 and 14. So, yeah. 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 And I, and I will also say this is one of those things where, um, when it comes to TV shows and we've talked about this a little bit, Sarah, like my standards for what I'm comfortable with Clara watching at 13 are so much looser because I want her to be able to watch things with her older siblings. Yeah. And when they were the oldest and everybody was like, it was just, it feels like every every group of kids that gets bigger, like the younger ones loop up, just they grow, they grow up that much. Yes. Faster. And that's the same in our so. house. I mean, Violet, um, Violet is definitely allowed to watch and consume things that the others were not at nine. And I'm cool with that. I think it's like, man, it's just a hard crowd to please. And what I'm trying to do is say yes to more electronics, but have it sort of be something that they're doing together or at least two of the three of them together. Like, I don't know why there's something about the individual like headphones on lost in their own being fed garbage algorithms. It's still just as hard for me. So that's where I am. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I understand. And even though my, my, um, rules about screen time have been much more relaxed than yours, it does drive me batty to walk in and see everybody doing their own thing. I'm like, just do something together. Yeah. It's not that much to ask. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's validating. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think we have posed enough questions for the we've, listeners. We've given today. them their work. Their work is cut out for you. I know. I picture so. like, I'm picturing some of you very like who really want to want to help like frantically, I don't know, gathering your resources. Hopefully we are not too much pressure here, yeah. uh, but we are going to put those social media posts up as an easy way to comment and add your tips and advice, or you can always email us hello at the That email address goes to both of us. Um, yeah. And just a reminder that we are also looking for your questions. So we've got listener questions episodes coming up and, and you can ask us anything like, yeah. you know, a lot of the questions we get are about parenting, but every now and then we do. I really enjoy doing the more than mom mm-hmm. type listener questions where we get to talk about things like this, like, yeah, absolutely. you know, dogs peeing in the house and hair exactly. uh, and eyebrows hair. that have gotten out of control. Yeah. So get those (laughs) questions into us in the next couple of days, ideally, if you want them to make it into this round of listener questions. Um, And if it comes too late or if we have too many, we always hold on to them and kind of go back and look at our list for the next time. So this was fun, Megan, and we will talk to everybody soon. Talk to you soon. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Tease Made. I launched back in November and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Tease Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Tease Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasemade.com to find all the episodes.